Society. Amen. Today, 
Amen. The days that we are living in, we live in a very sensitive society. People are very sensitive about everything. People get hurt very easy. Amen. That's just the society that we live in. And Pastor made a statement the other day when he was teaching that whatever spirit is prevailing in the world will also try to creep into the church. Because that's just the way the devil works. The devil never stops, amen, from attacking God's church. The devil never stops and takes a vacation, amen, from attacking God's people, amen. The devil will try to creep in, amen, any way he can into the Lord's church. Amen. That's why the book of Isaiah says, amen, when the enemy shall come in like a flood. Amen. The enemy constantly tries to come in. And, and that's why we see many times, amen, whatever spirits, spirits, plural, amen, are prevailing in the world will try, amen, to creep in to God's church. Can somebody say amen? We are living in a very sensitive society. Hallelujah. There is something that we are beginning that we never heard before, but we are beginning to hear a lot of now. Everywhere you go, amen. In the political realm, amen. Anywhere you go, the social realm, anywhere in the office, in the working world, and the word that we're beginning to hear a lot of, amen, is called political correctness. Everybody say it with me now. Political correctness. You got to say it right. Political correctness. Amen. Something we never, ever heard before. But it seems like everywhere you turn now, Somebody's using that word, political, I'm politically correct, or he wasn't politically correct. You have to be careful about what you say, amen, because if you're not politically correct, amen, they'll persecute you, amen. You can lose your job if you're holding an official uh, or a public office, amen, you, you, you will have to, amen, quit or resign because you said something that offended somebody or offended some group. Amen. Political correctness. It's serious stuff. Amen. It is serious stuff to be politically correct. People are very sensitive today about what you say and about what is said. And that same spirit, amen, tries to creep into the church. Amen. What does that mean to be politically correct? Well, it simply means this. It means not to say anything that it might offend someone. Simply that. Not to say anything that would offend somebody. 
Hallelujah. You got to be careful because people get offended. Just a little while back, there was a friend, amen, who in Los Angeles began to work for a major corporation here. And uh, it's a popular thing going on, seminars that he, amen, had to attend. It was mandatory for him to attend this seminar. The seminar, amen, was concerning harassment. Amen. The company that he worked for sent him to this seminar. Many companies are doing this, amen, to a harassment seminar. So he could learn, amen, to be careful of the things not to say because it could be politically incorrect and by something he says he can harass somebody by not even knowing it. Just by saying something. Somebody could say, "You that person harassed me. I'm going to sue you. You said that. That hurt my feelings. I'm going to sue you for $50,000. You hurt my feelings. That's the type of society we live in. Not too long ago, a while back, I joked, amen, with pastor. Every day in the office, the mail comes in at a certain time. It's routine. And we were sitting one day there in the office, and pastor turned to me and he looked at the clock and he looked at me and he says, Shouldn't the mailman have been here already? I said, now wait a minute, Pastor. He looked at me like, what? What are you saying to me? <laughs> I said, wait a minute, Pastor. You better be careful. He said, what do you mean, Perry? I said, Pastor, in the first place, it's a woman that delivers the mail. And it's called the mail person, not mail man. You got to be careful. That was just a joke, amen. But that's how far it's gone, amen. There's a Bible recently that just came out by Oxford Press, amen, has printed a new Bible. Some call it the politically correct Bible. Within this Bible, amen, the term right hand of God has been changed, amen, to the mighty hand of God. And they changed it, amen, so left-handed people wouldn't be offended. It sounds funny, but it's true. Somebody might get their feelings hurt. Amen. They changed, amen, and they made it, amen, so it would be easy to live with. They changed so many things in there, amen, that it wouldn't offend somebody, and they took out, amen, all the masculine and feminine genders, amen, that were in the Bible, amen, so women wouldn't be offended, and men wouldn't be offended, amen, because that's the spirit that's prevailing in the world today. That's the type of spirit. People are getting hurt, 
and feelings are getting hurt. Amen. And that's the type of society that we live in today. The word of the Lord tells us, amen, on chapter 6 of John that I read tonight. Amen. And informs us that Jesus was teaching in the synagogue in Capernaum about his death and how they were also to partake of his death. And he came to Capernaum and he began to teach, amen, that he would have to be crucified. And the time was coming, amen, that also that whosoever would follow him, they would have to partake and suffer, amen. And the word of the Lord says, amen, that many of his disciples, amen, when they heard this saying, they said, this is a hard saying. This is tough. I don't know if I can handle this. Amen. And the word of the Lord says that many of his disciples from that day ceased to follow him. Amen. And walk with him anymore because they were offended at what Jesus had preached to them. They were looking, you see, for a literal and tangible kingdom. And what Jesus was preaching and teaching about there in Capernaum was totally opposite to what they thought it was going to be like. They thought that Jesus, amen, was going to be the Messiah and assume the throne of Israel, amen, and conquer their enemies and put their enemies as Rome and those around, amen, under their feet. And they were going to rule and reign with him. But all of a sudden, Jesus says, it's not going to be like that. You see, because I've got to die. I've got to go to Calvary. I've got to hang on the cross and die for the sins of the world. And I want to tell you, he says, you're going to have to partake, amen, of my suffering. If you want to follow me, you're going to have to deny yourself and pick up your cross and follow me. Somebody say amen. I said somebody say amen. And they were offended at what Jesus has said. They were looking for a literal kingdom. They were looking for a tangible kingdom. Jesus said earlier in the same chapter, verse 26, Jesus answered them and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, ye seek me, not because ye saw the miracles, but because ye did eat of the loaves and were filled. That's the only reason you're following me. I know who you are. Amen. And I know what you want. The only reason you're following me, amen, is just for the loaves. It's just for the fishes. It's just for the blessings. Amen. They didn't want to make any type of commitment. They didn't want to deny themselves. They didn't want to follow him. He says, I know why you follow me. You follow me for the loaves. You follow me for the blessings. 
That's why you follow me. He says, I know, amen. Amen. The preaching of the gospel of blessings. I want my blessing. Amen. The message. Amen. The gospel of blessings. That's what people, amen, really want to hear is the message of the gospel of blessings. You can turn on your television, brother. Channel 40. I'm going to tell you like it is. You can turn to channel 40. And that's what they'll tell you about. It's the gospel of blessings. Amen. God's going to bless you. God loves you. But they never talk about commitment. They never talk about denial. Amen. They never talk about separation. Oh, but Jesus said it's more than just the blessings. It's all about a commitment. Hallelujah! Oh, Brother Joe, I can get excited about the blessings. Tell me about the blessings. Oh, but can you get excited about commitment? Can you get excited about following the Lord? Come on now, I'm preaching the family life center tonight. Come on now, we've got to follow him. We've got to follow him. Not just for the blessings. Not just for the blessings. There's got to be a commitment. Y'all hear what I'm saying tonight? There's got to be a commitment. There's got to be a, a commitment. Tell me about the blessings. Amen. The blessings come with it, brother. But it's about commitment. Amen. It's about, amen, living for God. It's about sacrifice. Amen. It's about giving. It's about working. It's about doing the will of God. Shout now! Can you pray to now? Good God Almighty! Woo! Oh, hallelujah! My God! It's not the gospel. Gimme, gimme, gimme! My name is Jimmy. I'm just going to sit back, amen, and suck up the blessings. Uh-uh, friend, I'm telling you something tonight. Family Life Center, 1996 is coming. God's saying, get up. Get up, Family Life. It's about commitment. It's about doing something for God. It's about doing your part. you're hurt. Well, that's too bad because I'm not sorry. That's the truth, brother. That's the truth, sister. You may be seated.
Hallelujah. The Bible talks about the generation of the last days. Says that in the last days man shall not endure sound doctrine, but shall heed to themselves teachers with itching ears. Woo! <laughs> Amen. Talks about a generation that don't want to hear it. Hallelujah. They want to get teachers. Amen. That are going to, they want to get preachers. Amen. They want to get pastors. They want to get evangelists. They want to get ministries that just tickle their ears and tell them what they want to hear. If you're here to have somebody tickle your ears, you in the wrong place. There ain't no ear tickling pastor here. There ain't no ear tickling preachers here. Hallelujah. It's the truth. It's the truth. It's the truth. That's going to make you free tonight. It's the truth. You need to hear the truth. That's what there seems to be, man, a lot of. You can turn your television to them. Amen. They're all over the place. Amen. People, amen, that want preachers that tell them what they want to hear, not what they need to hear. Amen. I'm talking about a watered down gospel. Amen. That doesn't have any power. Any power to save anybody. Any power to deliver anybody from sins and drugs and immorality. It's a watered down gospel. Hallelujah. It can't heal you. It can't save you but sin. Hallelujah. And that's all it is. There's nothing to it. Hallelujah. I'm going to be honest with you. And I'm going to tell you the truth. There's a lot of pressure in these last days for preachers. Pastors especially. Amen. They feel a lot of pressure. I feel it. Amen. There's been times I've been reluctant to preach. Amen certain messages because I didn't want to hurt anybody's feelings. I'm human. Pastor, I want everybody to like me. I want everybody to love me. <laughs> Hallelujah. And I've been reluctant and I fought, amen, within myself, myself in prayer. Told God, and you sure now, God, you want me to preach that? Is that just me? And the Lord just keeps coming back. Preach it. Preach it. He tells me, hey, not everybody's going to love you, Joe. <laughs> 
Not everybody, amen, is going to pat you on the back. Not everybody, amen, is going to be your friend if you preach the truth. He said, look what happened to me. They crucified me. Oh, friend, hallelujah. But the truth tonight is what's going to save us. It's not a watered-down gospel, amen, that can't save or deliver. It's the truth that set me free one day and set you free. Amen. That's why the Apostle Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. He says, I'm not ashamed of it because I know some people ain't going to like hearing it. I know some people are going to hate me for it, but that's all right. I'm going to preach it anyway because it's the thing that saved me and it's the thing that saved you and it's the thing amen the word that will save you that don't know Jesus Christ tonight amen that's why I thank God every day amen for family life center for our pastor amen for the ministers that preach the truth and shame the devil who's not afraid amen to preach it straight to tell us the truth to preach where the rubber meets the road hallelujah and sometimes rebuke and exhort because God knows we need it and we're gonna make it to heaven Thank God, amen, for a preacher, a pastor. They'll tell you the truth. Amen. They'll tell you, husband, you need to get stronger and be the husband and the man of the house that you need to be, the spiritual leader. You need to get off, amen, your lazy self and get up to the house of God and start praying like you should so you can be the man, amen, that you need to be. And tell you sisters, amen, you need to stop being rebellious, hallelujah, and self-willed, but have a meek and a quiet spirit, and submit yourself, and be the woman of God that you need to be. Shout now, brother, shout now, sister, it's the truth. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! You may be seated. Amen. Thank God. I remember. Amen. When I was lost, and I know you remember when you were lost, those of you that are saved now, one night, amen, we came to church, and the preacher told us, amen, that we needed God, and we needed to repent of our sins, and all of a sudden, something, something got a hold of us, all of a sudden, 
oh my God, I felt something in my heart. And all of a sudden, we came down to an altar and we began to weep and cry and repent. Amen. Because somebody preached the truth. Oh, I thank God that preacher wasn't thinking about hurting my feelings that night. Hallelujah! I thank God he told me the truth! Without a preacher, you can't be saved. I need the preacher. You need the preacher. You can't be saved without a preacher. The Bible says that without a preacher, you can't be saved. Thank God for a preacher. Oh my God, I said thank God for the preacher that preached the truth. It's instant in season and out of season. Oh, oh, but, oh, but you don't hear me though. I said, oh, but you don't hear me though. I said, thank God for the preacher. Thank God for a pastor that preached the truth. Some of y'all, you still don't hear me though. You still don't hear me though. I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you back there. I said, thank God for a preacher. Oh, if that don't get you on your feet, ain't nothing can. If that don't get you on your feet, nothing can, brother. I said, nothing can. You're hearing it from the preacher. I'm telling you the truth. Hallelujah. We need to get a hold of this thing. Hallelujah. We need to get a hold of this thing. Good God Almighty. You may be seated. Gospel of Matthew 13 tells us when Jesus finally went back home to Nazareth where he was raised by his father and his mother. His father was a carpenter and he was a carpenter's son. And he went back to Nazareth and he went to the synagogue and began to preach. And the Bible says that they were astounded. At what great authority he spoke with. The anointing. Whew. They felt something. But all of a sudden, somebody said, Hey! Ain't that the carpet, son? They said, Yeah, he is. What's he doing? Telling us how to live. 
He's just a man. What's he doing telling us, amen, what we shouldn't do and what we should do? He's just a man. Hallelujah. I've heard that before. What's pastor doing telling us? What's that preacher doing telling us how to live? If I don't pay my tithes, I ain't going to make it to heaven. Who is he think he is? He ain't God. Hallelujah. Oh, my God. And I've seen that spirit. But you know what the Bible says? That after they said that, Jesus didn't do any mighty works in Nazareth because of their disbelief. Hallelujah. Brother, you can look up here at me and you'll find thousands of faults. You can look at every preacher in this church and you can find a lot of faults. And if that's all you're doing, brother, and if that's all you're doing, sister, is fault finding and looking for faults, amen, that's all you're going to find. And that's all you're going to see. But if you came, amen, to get your soul saved and stay right with God and make heaven your home, you're going to hear what the preacher is preaching. What the preacher is preaching. Hallelujah. You may be seated. And the Bible says he did not many mighty works. And I've seen that. People with that type of spirit, God can't do nothing in their lives. They ain't got nothing going on spiritual in their life. Amen. They ain't got no fruit on their tree. Their tree is all shriveled up. Amen. And all dried up. Amen. Everything's going wrong that can go wrong. Amen. Their marriage. Amen. With their children. Because God can't do nothing in their life. Because all they're doing is fault finding. Amen. All they're doing is looking. Amen. For the wrong things. Oh, but my God. To those that listen. To those that hear. The preacher. God's doing something. There's fruit growing. Amen. God's moving in their lives. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus said, what kind of generation we'd be living in? Hallelujah. He said what kind of generation there would be before he came back for his church. He described it. Amen. He compared it to the generation that Noah lived in. He said it like this. And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man before Christ comes back for his church. They did eat, they drank, they married wives, and they were given in marriage until the day that Noah, amen, entered into the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. 
Hallelujah. Praise God. Jesus said, before I come back for my church, the same type of generation that were in Noah's days are going to be in the last days. Right before I come back for my church. That's the type of generation there's going to be. That's the kind of spirit that there's going to be in the last days. The same type of spirit that was in Noah's days is going to be the same type of spirit that's going to prevail in the world right before I come back from my church. That's what he said. Hallelujah. They drank, given him merit. But there's something else that stood out in that generation. And that is prevalent in this generation. Besides the eating and drinking and giving in marriage and going on in life like, amen, everything's all right. Eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die. Amen. There was another spirit that prevailed in that generation that prevails in the generation that we live in tonight. Amen. And it is the spirit and the attitude of we don't want to hear it. Hallelujah. We don't want to hear it. That's the type of spirit that prevails in the day of Noah and that prevails in the generation that we live in. And the type of spirit, amen, the same spirit that's in the world always tries, amen, to creep into the church. Hallelujah. We just jump right back in everybody's backyard. Amen. That's the type of spirit, the spirit, amen, that we don't want to hear it. Amen. What you talking about, Brother Joe? Amen. What you're saying, amen, that same spirit and attitude is creeping in the church. You may not say it, amen, but you see, actions are speaking louder than words. You might out, out front stand up on Sunday morning and while pastor's teaching Sunday school and say, now, wait a minute, Pastor. Now, I don't believe that. And you shouldn't be saying that. Amen. You ain't crazy. Mama didn't raise no fool. She just watched one grow up. But actions speak louder than words. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. You see, you have to understand. Noah built an ark and preached for 120 years. Woo-wee. Man, that's a long time to try to build a church. 120 years. My God. Noah preached 
and worked on that art every day for 120 years. Amen. He'd get up, get his hammer and his saw, and get out there to building on that art. And when people gathered around, there was enough people. He put down his hammer. He put down his saw. And he started preaching to them, folks. Amen. That the end was coming. He would preach to them, folks. It's time to get right. It's time to stop living the way you're living. Amen. It's time to separate yourself. Amen. And start living for God. And get on in this ark. Because you better get on quick. Amen. Because there's a flood coming. And only those, amen, that get in the ark are going to be saved. And that's the truth. For 120 years he preached that. And nobody but his family believed it. Woo-wee. My God. Can you imagine how discouraging that gets? Preaching 120 years, nobody gets saved. Amen. But that's what he did every day for 120 years. He worked on the ark. He preached. Amen. And he told them that they had to get right. It was time to get on in the ark. Hallelujah. But nobody but his family would listen. Amen. So what Noah was saying, and I'm sure the devil was there. Amen. And told Noah, now, 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 Noah, why don't you just ease up a little bit now and compromise a little bit? And, and maybe you'll get somebody in this old boat of yours. Woo! Why don't you just ease up with the message a little bit? Why don't you just lower the standards a little bit? Amen. Why don't you not just preach so hard? Hallelujah. Why don't you just back off a little bit? Let people do, amen, what they want to do. Amen. Tell them everything's going to be all right. Hallelujah. Just everybody jump in the ark. You don't have to change. You don't have to repent. You can come in with your old rebellious self. Amen. You can come in with your old weak self. Any way you want. Hallelujah. It's all right. Uh-uh. Not Noah. He said, no way. There's only one way. You're going to get in this ark. You've got to believe the message. You've got to believe the message. You've got to obey the message. There ain't no other way. You've got to obey the message. Amen. The Bible tells us to buy the truth and sell it not. Woo, my God. We've got to hold on to this truth. Amen. The devil's telling us to lower. Amen. Our standards. The devil's telling us, amen. Don't preach it so hard. Oh, but I want to tell you something, devil. Amen. It's not for sale. We're not selling out because it's the truth. Amen. It's going to make you free tonight. Thank God for the truth. Thank God for the truth, brother. Young people, thank God for the truth.
Then said Jesus unto the twelve. I like this. Will ye also go away? (laughs) I like that. Jesus wasn't no wishy-washy preacher. (laughs) Jesus wasn't no soft-spoken preacher. Now, if you think that about Jesus, you're all wrong. The Bible says after he preached in the synagogue, amen, they heard it. All of a sudden, they said, this is a hard saying. Who can hear it? And many of his disciples didn't follow him anymore. Amen. Because they didn't want to hear the truth. Amen. It was too hard for them. And all that was there was the twelve. And Jesus turned to them and he said, You boys want to go? Get on. Because this preacher ain't changing. If you all want to leave with them, go ahead and get on down the road. Because I'm preaching the same message. I ain't changing the message. I'm the same today, yesterday, and forever. It's the same, brother. It's the same. It's the only thing that'll save you. You see, I like what Peter said. Simon Peter, he answered him, said, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. You see, amen, that's what it all comes down to. Amen. You and I, amen, and putting aside all those hurt feelings and all those bad attitudes putting aside all those hurt feelings and all those bad attitudes amen I'm sure Simon wasn't all happy about what Jesus told him get on to amen Amen. But Simon, hallelujah, he knew one thing. Amen. It may not be what I want to hear, but it's what I need to hear. If I'm going to make it to heaven, tell me the truth, preacher. Tell me the truth. Tell me the truth. That's the type of spirit we need, church. We need to put aside the hurt feelings and the bad attitudes. And get with the program. I said, and get with the program. Oh, you ain't shut now, are you? Hallelujah. Oh, but that's the type of spirit that I want today. Tell me the truth. Tell me the truth. Tell me the truth. Tell me the truth. Don't water it down. Tell me the truth. 
comfort me. Tell me the truth. I need to hear the truth. It's time to take off the pamper and throw in a bottle. Oh, good God Almighty. Are you hurt? Well, if you are, you need to be. Hallelujah. Ain't you right? You may be seated. You heard me. Good. Good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We need to get hurt. We need to be told the truth. It hurts sometimes, but that's good. Hallelujah. It's better it hurts now for a little bit than burn in eternity without God. Amen. I said it's better. It hurts now for a little bit instead of being lost for an eternity without God because somebody didn't want to tell us the truth. Let it hurt, Pastor. Tell us the truth. Preacher, tell me the truth. Tell me the truth. I want to hear the truth. My God. Get rid of the bottle. Hallelujah. And get up and walk like a man. And walk like a woman of God. In the light of the truth of the word of God. Good God Almighty. My God, 1995's card. Let's get up, church. Hallelujah. Let's do it in 1996. Forget all this hoo-hawing around. Hallelujah. Let's get down to business for God. You may be seated. Jesus is coming back. There's no more time. Be hoo-hawing around. No more time be worrying about hurting people's feelings. <laughs> Jesus said, y'all don't like it? Y'all can get on down the road too. Woo! My God. That ain't no sissy preacher there. Woo-wee. My God. He just cleaned everybody's plow there, boy. My Lord. Just set everybody straight. They thought there were something. They found out there were nothing. They needed God. See, it's our attitudes. It's our spirits that we got to have right. That was the difference between Saul and David. King Saul and King David 
was their spirit and their attitude. That was the difference between them both. Saul was told by God through the prophet Samuel to go and take the army of Israel and utterly destroy the Amalekites. Everything the Lord told Samuel to tell Saul, I want you to tell that boy to go down there and kill everything. I want him to kill all their soldiers. I want him to kill their king. I want him to kill their dogs. And everybody, women and children, everything. That's what God said. And Saul went down there. But he didn't kill everybody. He kept the king, amen, alive. And he took in a lot of the spoils from the battle. God told him to get rid of everything. He kept some of the oxen, amen, some of the sheep. And then the prophet, amen, told him to wait. He knew he had to wait. After the battle, they were to make an offering, thanking God for everything. But it was up to the prophet Samuel because he was a priest. And only the priest, amen, could make an offering before the Lord. Amen. Saul was a king and a prophet. But that's all he was. He wasn't a priest. And Samuel came and he found Saul making an offering. Impatient. Leaning to his own understanding. And Samuel said, what in the world are you doing, boy? Oh, well, you know. Getting kind of late there, Samuel. I figured, you know, somebody's got to fire up the barbecue pit. Hey, I was there. He said, man, what in the world have you done, boy? Sometimes somebody needs to put us in check. He said, man, what in the world are you doing? You can't be doing that. And all of a sudden, in the background, he heard the bleeding of sheep. And he heard the mooing of the oxen. He said, what in the world is that? Oh, well, uh, you know, uh, we kept some of them for the barbecue. You like ribs, don't you? Did the Lord said, hey, kill everything. Obedience. Is better than sacrifice. <laughs> to obey the word of God and be obedient is better, amen, than any type of sacrifice. Oh, but I had good intentions. Oh, but I have good intentions, preacher. I had good intentions. The road to hell is paved with men's good intentions. Good intentions aren't going to get you to heaven. 
It's obedience to the word of God and to the man of God that's going to get you to heaven. Amen. Good intentions don't mount to a hill of Kentucky wonder beans when it comes to obeying the word and obeying the man of God. And then he said, well, well, I'll tell you what, it really wasn't my fault. You see, they wanted me to do it. It's their fault. It's not my fault, preacher. It's my wife's fault. She don't want to come to church all the time. Eh? She don't want to pay tithes, so I, you know. It's not my fault. He says it's their fault. That's what Saul said. They wanted to keep some, so you know, I just went along with it. I don't want them to get mad at me, making excuses. That's all it was was excuses. And then he says. Well, why don't you just go ahead and do the offering anyway? And we don't got to make a big old thing about this. And nobody's got to know. And we'll just act like nothing happened. Prophet Sammy said, no. Uh-uh. Uh-uh, it don't work like that. It's God's way or no way. It don't work like that, Saul. It don't work like that, brother. It don't work like that, sister. Amen. It's God's way or no way. Amen. You can have all the best intentions you want. Hallelujah. But amen, we need to be obedient. Amen to the men of God and the word of God tonight. I said we need to be obedient because it's obedience. Amen. That's going to get us to heaven. Saul's attitude and his spirit was all wrong. He was never repented. Saul ended up killing 85 priests in the city of Nob. He killed them. That was the type of spirit Saul had against the preacher. He didn't like the preacher. That preacher telling me what I do wrong. Who's preaching I just go kill me 85 of them right now. See how they like that, huh? Telling me what to do. Amen. Preacher killing. Preacher killing saints. Woo! -wee. That's a sermon right there. Just mock that preacher. See the way you get up there and do all that? 